All right, everybody, welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. It's good to be with you guys, and man, it's been a while. I've been on the road. It's been a very busy fall, very blessed fall. Um, I've been doing the last, like, two hunts with, like, the black lung or something over here. You can probably hear it in my voice. Uh, I've been literally coughing for, like, almost a month now, Um, but I didn't let it stop me. I've just been pushing through. Um, and it's been an amazing fall. Hope you guys had a great fall and are continuing to have a great season as well. Um, I want to apologize for not getting this out on Sunday. Like I said, I just got back in town and uh, really behind on the family time and just stuff around here. So I just um, I really needed to prioritize that. And also, it took a little longer than usual to edit this <clears throat> this uh, recap podcast for reasons which I will get into here in a moment. Um, but I wanted to get this out um, to you guys as soon as possible. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and release this um, as soon as I get it done. But a couple things to mention here. <clears throat> um, first of all, the um, the guy who took us hunting is Luke's cousin. Awesome dude. Josh is his name. He is a combat veteran from Iraq. Um, just super nice, genuine, salt-of-the-earth Christian dude. Um, invited us out with open arms, you know, invited us into his home um, and introduced us to his lovely little girls. Uh, he's a great dad, um, great guy and um, and great hunter. And I was really proud to, well, I am really proud to call him a friend now. Um, and so I want to say thanks to him. Um, without this, this hunt wouldn't have been possible. Um, and also, you know, without Luke too, because Luke kind of pitched me on this idea um, we kind of came to it together because I, if you've been following along, um, the Columbia blacktail was the last North American deer subspecies I needed to complete a uh, North American deer slam, which is pretty cool. I'm very, very blessed to be able to have hunted uh, deer, um, which to me just really hold a special place in my heart. Um, I just feel like they're magical kind of animals. And I guess it's just from growing up hunting whitetails, but um, I've been really blessed to be able to hunt them um, in some amazing places all over the, you know, from Virginia and the swamps of the Eastern shore and Chesapeake Bay to, um, you know, Kodiak Island in Southeast Alaska to the deserts of Mexico, the Sonoran desert, um, to, you know, Montana and Idaho and, uh, and now in Oregon. And, um, so super blessed and what a way to top it off. The Lord just blessed us so greatly with the, the biggest deer I've ever killed in my life. <laughs> and I don't mean the biggest blacktail. I mean, the biggest deer, um, you know, his frame is similar to my mule deer from, uh, last year, but, um, he's got way more points. Um, we, I haven't had him scored yet. I scored him myself unofficially and I got like 138. book is 130. Well, all time book is 135. The minimum score for Boone and Crockett is 125 for Columbia and all time is 135. Uh, I need to get him officially scored. And again, that's, that's the gross score, not the net score. So, um, just unofficially, I scored him at net 138, which is, uh, huge for a Columbia blacktail. Uh, it's the buck of a lifetime. I didn't even fully appreciate it to be honest. Like, um, because the guys I was with have been hunting Oregon their entire lives. And some of them have never even put their hands on a buck this big ever. So, um, amazing hunt. Um, a couple things about the episode. Um, like I mentioned, Josh is a dad. 
and he was watching his kids this weekend and they're amazing little girls, but as kids tend to do at bedtime, sometimes they got, they were getting a little rowdy. They interrupted us a couple times. It wasn't a big deal. You know, it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> but if there are some kind of weird, awkward edits or you hear some stuff in the background, those are his little girls. Um, and, uh, again, just great little kids. They were super stoked to see our deer and just really, really great little girls. So, um, Josh has done a great job raising them. And, um, anyway, um, also, unfortunately we were pretty tired and, um, me and Luke kind of didn't do the best job on the audio. Just being honest with you. Um, we should have checked it at the time we didn't. So, it took me a long time to edit this together and get it sounding as good as I can. There's still some rough patches. I apologize. The levels are not great. Um, I do think it's good enough where it won't be too horrible to listen to. And like I said, the conversation was, was so cool with the three of us. I just figured I'm going to air it. Um, you know, even if the audio is not perfect. And so just bear with me on that guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, just, like I said, I feel incredibly blessed to have tap, capped off my deer slam with the biggest deer I've ever killed. Um, a hopefully could be a Boone and Crockett buck. And we have not been able to find another YouTube video where a bigger black tail is killed. So it, you know, fact check me all you want, but this could possibly be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Columbia blacktail killed on camera, which would be insane. And I can't wait to share the footage with you. Me and Luke captured some amazing footage. And spoiler spoiler alert, when we recorded the podcast, we still had one day to hunt left. But it was the last time we could do the podcast with Josh. And me and Luke went out the next day and got Luke a nice four-point buck. So um, stick around at the end of the episode. Luke's on another hunt right now, um, and I didn't have time to connect with him. So stick around at the end of the episode. I'm going to tell you the story, how it all went down with Luke's buck after this conversation. So stick around for that. Um, again, I want to give a shout out to Luke and Josh. And of course, all glory goes to God um, for his blessing on this hunt, um, getting two awesome bucks, one being potential Boone and Crockett. Just so cool. Um, I want to thank my partners who helped make this possible on X Hunt. Barnes Bullets, Seekins Precisions, sorry, Seekins Precision, Loophold Optics, Mountain Ops, and um, and CVA. So, um, hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Again, bear with me on the audio, um, and you know, please go ahead and remember to follow me on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and please share this podcast with friends and family. That's the best way for this thing to grow. And if you got Sportsman Channel, check me out at 12 noon Eastern on Saturdays and 1130 AM Eastern on Mondays. And um, the next season is going to be insane. I can't wait to share with you guys. So many firsts, first caribou bull, first bull elk, first Columbia blacktail, um, first Boone and Crockett animal. And hopefully Lord willing, we're going to have another first uh, odd ad here in a couple of months. And then um, some really potentially exciting things happening this summer with some collaborations. Um, anyway, um, keep following along, keep sharing the show. Thanks for your support. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Good. Good. All right. 
Welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. This is your host, Hunter McWaters, and I'm here with Luke Dusenberry, my good friend and associate, and Mr. Josh Panzika, or Cuzzo, as we've been calling him. Cuzzo. It's <laughs> <laughs> a new nickname. Yeah. Forever. So you're Luke's cousin, sort of. Yep. And now we're cousins. That's right. Absolutely. You got Especially it. Especially after this week. Yeah, it's been an awesome hunt. I was just talking to, or we've been talking a lot about how this hunt's really like a social kind of family and friends type thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was kind of telling Hunter, like, <clears throat> trying to describe, like, what this hunt was going to be like, because he was asking me, like, you know, all the time, just like, like, what do I need to plan for? What do I need to pack? Like, what kind of, like, style of hunt? Like, we going to be, like, backpacking? And I was just kind of, like, trying to, like, tell him, like, this will probably be the most different Western hunt you've ever. Yeah, you've very ever unique. Done. Yeah. <clears throat> Blacktail hunting is super unique. Yeah. And you've been hunting your whole life, right? <clears throat> hunting my whole life, yep. Okay. So just a really quick background on you. Okay. Tell me, like, just about yourself real quick. As far as hunting goes? Yeah, or just like, like grown up, then what, your life? Yeah, I just kind of grew up, like, running the woods with my cousins, you know, hunting squirrels with 22s and, like, learning the woods at a young age and, you know, going out with all our... All these same areas we've been? Oh, yeah, just all over and going out with our dads and, you know, they do the trick where they squish the buck poop in their hand and yeah. pretend to eat it <laughs> check the freshness you know like you know and just being quiet going from like road hunting just kind of like working through it but yeah. like yeah i'm super into the outdoors i mean yeah. from rafting to camping whatever I'm, yeah and you're a veteran i am a veteran and a family man and a family man two beautiful, yeah. beautiful little girls that are in the other room watching tv now. yeah and i apologize to the if you guys hear oh, the no. tv in the background cool seeing you interact with them and stuff like you're a good dad so i appreciate it but yeah that's just kind of like a micro background i went to college um got out um did some guiding um now, yeah now Where'd i'm just guide out again um in, in Mo montana a little bit in idaho and, and in um, northeast oregon okay well we did that for like three years right yeah okay and then you basically just guided us somewhat yeah <laughs> more or less yeah, yeah. Well, so this hunt's been kind of unique because a lot of the hunts I do, I really try to kind of figure them out on my own and and e-scout it and stuff like that. And um, I just got back off two really tough hunts like that. And it was nice because, like, me and Luke started talking about this last year, a year ago. Yeah, at least and, a year ago. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> Luke kind of pitched me on the idea, like, well, I don't know, it's kind of combined because I was like, I need a Columbia for my, my deer slam. And, you know, there's five North American deer subspecies, mule deer, coos deer, Sitka blacktail, Columbia blacktail, and... Whitetail. So, um, to get five is like a grand deer slam or whatever. I don't know. But it's kind of cool. But we started talking about it, and you grew up here. Mm -hmm. And you kind of know the just the lay of the land, and you sort of invited me to come out and hunt in your stomping grounds and meet your... He So, we hunted archery elk for Luke last year, and then we kind of started talking about it, and I was like, I'm all in. Like, let's do that, you know? Yeah. And so and here we are. Yeah. So me and Luke hunted for like two days, kind of on our own. We came, set up camp in a beautiful spot that Luke had kind of, was one of his spots he picked out. And we hunted up high. You want to walk us through some of those early days, just like briefly? Yeah. So <clears throat> a little backstory. I've always wanted to film like an Oregon blacktail hunt, like a what I would call like a proper one where we're just like, you know, hiking in, trying to like be in the mountains, like trying to hunt some like those more like mountain type yeah. of blacktail. And uh, I just, I've always thought it'd be kind of a cool thing to capture on film because there's not a lot of like... Any mountain deer is like a 
cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I just kind of want to like, you know, just kind of push the limits of like some of the things I've been learning the last few years, filming a lot of Western hunting and just apply that to like blacktail, which is what I grew up doing here in Oregon. Um, so did you find yourself applying some different strategies on this hunt than you had like growing up hunting? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like one of the biggest ones is just like glassing and just like some of the glassing techniques I've learned from elk hunting and mule deer hunting, you know, out in Western states like Nevada, Idaho, Utah, and applying that to like the Oregon Cascades and, you know, the interior coastal mountain ranges, like that kind of stuff. Like it's not an easy task to do with the fog. No, no. And and I mean, Hunter got to see that. Like we, there'd be times we'd be like, Oh, there's a deer and the fog would roll in. Yeah. Like that happened multiple times. Like we would try and get like, you know, the phone scope or the, the camera on it, and then the fog would just kind of yeah. roll in like the ocean wave. It is one of the most beautiful and kind of unique places I've hunted. Like, we've seen a lot of different varying types of terrain from like big old growth, like pine to open oak, like almost like savanna looking stuff yeah. with like tall grass and oak. And um, yeah, that place we were at last night. Sagebrush. Yeah. Yeah, we were up in the sagebrush a little bit, but like that place last night was just like that was so bright orange. Yeah. Like Hunter was just like, oh my gosh, this place is amazing. How beautiful it was over there. Oregon's yeah. a sleeper state for beauty. Yeah. And hunting, but like. And yeah, this is an OTC yeah. tag. I mean, you got the high desert, you've got the sagebrush, you got the mule deer, you got the Rocky Mountain elk, like the big bluffs, you've got the Cascades, you've got the coast, and the Cascades are different than the coast. I mean, the coast is thick. Yeah. Big ferns, old school. Yeah, and no, you're right. No one really talks much about like hunting Oregon. No, they don't. And it is awesome. It's and I have later, I don't know if you know this, but like there is an abnormal amount of like amazing hunters that are from Oregon. There's like Lampers, a- Aaron Snyder, uh, Cam Haynes, Brian Barney. I think Lampers from Washington. Oh, that's right. Okay. But, but, I mean, same, yeah, yeah, Pacific yeah. Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bunch. And uh, it's okay. Hi, it's okay. Um, so I have a theory about why Oregon hunters are awesome. I'll share with you later. But, um, yeah, when you, when you talk about the hunt, you're like, dude, this place that I hunt in Oregon, it's like, there is a potential for massive bucks. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. The, the places and pockets that I like to, you know, not only hunt, but just like hike around and explore and run cameras and just like get to know better. Like there is always kind of the potential for like a true like trophy yeah. blacktail okay um which yeah we found. which we did find yes absolutely but uh yeah so um yeah the first two days of this hunt i kind of did a lot of scouting a lot of boots on the ground the last few years and i really wanted to hunt this one area mm-hmm. um it's not as like high of a deer density area but there is like a true potential for like a giant and okay. i and I knew that going into it, and I was like... We talked about before how giant deer are different from regular deer. Like, they live on their own. Yeah. They do live on their own. Yeah, yeah and it's yes, it's do. definitely, like, harder, like, terrain to hunt. Like, it's a little bit thicker. Your pockets of glassing are, are tighter and, you know, and, more, and less, like, spread out. Like, yeah. it's like we hike in a couple miles, and it's like we have this one pocket, and we're just kind of, like, rolling the dice and just trying yeah. to get lucky. We saw some good country. We did. But that's, like, the trick to blacktail. It's not... It's finding those pockets, the steepest, nastiest, most hideous terrain you can ever imagine. <laughs> but it's got to have all the makings for a good yeah. buck. I mean, it's got to have the feed, the water, the security, mm-hmm. you know, and like the timber line, you know, the bedding. I mean, there's there's so much that goes into like finding a mature blacktail. And then when you do, 
you just got to keep it on the super low and you can be there every year and there's always going to be a big buck yeah. in there yeah all right so anyway we were saying they've been rutting hard like this morning we saw a buck going crazy they've been we've been seeing them rutting hard yeah especially the last few days they've been just chasing non-stop yeah, yeah. so we hunted for a couple days we saw some deer um i don't think we saw any real like shooters we did see one. We saw last, two small bucks fighting the second day. Yeah, and we saw one buck at last light, the last evening we hunted together, mm -hmm. that I like was trying to get in position on because it looked like it might be a shooter. We weren't really. It was kind of dark and didn't work out. So, but anyway, then the next day we met up with Cuzzo. That's right. And we were on Cuzzo's plan. That's it. <laughs> that was so, a, it. Was a wild day. Yeah. So, talk, what, like, what was that like when we showed up here? Well, I mean, it was. <laughs> Well, for one, I was running behind. <laughs> yeah, so we took the side-by-side -side and uh, kind of went up on this cut. It's a really good pocket. It's pretty remote. Um, so, Josh, what makes a good pocket? So, for me, like, I'm looking for, like, good dark timber ridges. I'm looking for ridges with big timber, and I'm looking for good meadows, maybe some rock bluffs. I want oaks in there, for sure, because they love the acorns and, I, and, and the grass. Um, buck brush is a good thing too. And I think a lot of guys overlook buck brush in this, in this state. They just think it's so thick. I mean, you can't really walk through it, but from glassing from another side of the hill, it looks like it's three foot tall, but it's really, you know, could be six, eight feet tall. And, and, and a lot of times I'll stare at a, a patch of buck brush all day. And then all of a sudden a deer will turn his head, you know, and they're just bedded in it. They don't even need to leave it because it's so thick that the predators can't get to them. So you know, and, and I like steep country, mm -hmm. you know, steep. Yeah. That's, so that's pretty much exactly where we found where actually Luke found my buck because I mean, there's all these little, uh, orange little, you know, patches of mm -hmm. color, which are oak trees. Mm -hmm. These on the edge of timber mm -hmm. in a steep, nasty, clear cut. And another thing I really look forward for, and I, and I think, I think maybe I could be wrong, but I think a lot of guys overlook it are the road going to the spot that I'm going to hike into. I'm looking at the amount of game trails going up and down the ridge, mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily am I going to see a, a big buck on that, on that road, but I'm looking for the, the traveling routes to that pocket. Yeah, sure. And so like, that's kind of the thing I'm looking for. So if you're, if you're finding a ridge with, within a mile, there's 40 game trails going up and down the ridge. It's like, okay, so we need to stop and yeah. we need to do some homework on this ridge, yeah. you know? And it's not necessarily the road that I'm looking at, but it's where those trails are going. Yeah, okay, that's good, so. that's good insight. Um, okay, so we, we hunt that morning. We saw one buck cruising. You saw one buck cruising, we never really saw it. I saw it, it was a nice three point. Yeah, um, I never got a chance, it was just cruising. Um, and then, I guess it was, we tried a couple other spots. It was the weekend, so it was a little busy up there. I think we dived to another area mm -hmm. that you like and um, I went in there. And so, what, like, how to go from there, Luke? Yeah, so we basically, we just parked at this, this spot that Josh wanted to take us to. And immediately there's another vehicle there. Um, there's actually a minivan, two hunters were getting out of it. <laughs> and uh, just a grocery getter. But uh, yeah, so there were, there was already someone who beat us there and we're like, ah, dang it. And I remember Josh was like, should we go to a different spot? Like I got a bunch of spots we could go check and I was like, nah, like this is this area that we're gonna hunt is like pretty big area. And you know, we actually went up and talked to them and you know, just kind of asked them very politely, like, you know, we'd like to hunt here too. Yeah, what's your um, but you know, where are you guys going? We'll go whatever way you guys aren't going, yeah. basically. Mm -hmm. um, so we did that, kind of hashed it out with them and they were super nice. 
Yeah, and then we just parked and started walking and we walked in there and it was probably around midday, probably around like, I think noonish is when we got in there. We kind of got, we started glassing and right away, Josh, I think glassed up a doe right down the timber on the edge, but we, we never got to see it because it was kind of those things that's like, you see it and she's just like on her way yeah. into the timber. So I was like, okay, well like there's a deer here. So that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we just kind of worked our way down to this little knob where we can kind of like look into two basins and both were like kind of east facing type slopes and a little bit more open. And yeah, we basically set up there and then I was looking at the forecast and I saw rain some rain. Bit. Rain was going to be coming in hot and heavy yeah. that afternoon. Like we were supposed to get like four tenths of an inch. And blacktail love rain. Yeah. It's like they frolic in it. Yeah. 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 So we pitched the little rain fly and kind of got everything, you know, wrapped and covered that we needed to and just kind of hunkered down for a little while. Yeah. And then and then what happened from your perspective? So like me and me and Hunter, you know, me and you were just literally just shooting the shooting the biz, yeah. you know, just like just <laughs> we chit, into it. just chit chatting. And I like I went and looked at a spot, came back, we were talking and then Luke's doing his thing. And he like somehow got around us without us even knowing he was there. And then yeah, we made this nice little shelter and then yeah. it looks like out in the out just breaking yeah. rain. Like, yeah. <laughs> like a real man's man. And then he, he had spotted a doe yeah. and that's where it kind of like funneled. But I, I've been like replaying it in my head because I don't think I was looking at that doe because I kept telling you that looks like a buck. And you're like, no, that's a big body doe. And I think in the end, we were both looking at the doe and the buck, but I couldn't see through my binoculars because it was so far. Yeah. And then Luke was like, that's a, I'll never forget. He's on the phone with his wife, chit-chatting, and he's like, that's a huge buck. Babe, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. So then I hear Luke say, huge buck. And I'm like, no way, you gotta be beep in me. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, no. And so I like grab all the stuff and like, cause I was like a little bit down from then, ran over. I'm like, yeah. grab my binoculars. Yeah, yeah. So I like, or whatever. All stuff. And then, then what? Yeah, I was like, I need the spotter right now. Yeah. Yeah. And the camera. And then, so what? So then. You saw me. What? What? Yeah. You kept saying something about what I looked like when I ran out. Oh, man. He, dude, this dude looked like a wild banshee. His eyes were like just <laughs> wide, you know? He's serious. Like, is this going down? His arms are full, stuff's everywhere. And it's like throw and go. So. <laughs> It was like we came up with a game plan right away and... and uh, well, we kind of did. We had a miscommunication. We had a little miscommunication. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I had to stay on the spotting scope and I was a little bummed about it. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. gotta keep tabs on this deer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then you guys took off and yeah, it just kind of unfolded from there. I mean... Yeah, so we didn't know there was a huge road that went along the top of the ridge. We could have dropped down one of the fingers and probably got an easier shot, but me and Luke just take off running and we get to the end of this road and we're like across this huge canyon from probably 1,000, 1,100 yards. Yeah, and we were over a mile looking at that deer. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, we literally were running down the road and we got to the spot where we were like, I think 1,100 yards across canyon and Luke just goes, I think we just got to go down there. It's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we could see him. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we could see that buck at, at about a thousand yards from the top and i was just like looking at him and i was like dude that's a nice buck yeah. but I, I didn't want to like tell hunter again that because well, like tell they were excited about it um but i haven't hunted uh, blacktail like at all so like i knew he was nice but like i haven't been looking at blacktails my whole life you know? yeah so i almost didn't like 
realize like how big he was. Yeah, and I was I was also like trying not to look too hard at his horns, but like at the same time, like I just knew that he was a very top caliber buck. Yeah. The more I you stared know, at him, the more he did not shrink. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, what did you think when you saw him? What did you think when you saw him? Oh, I, I knew he was a wolf last year immediately, like when I saw him. But like the more I stared at him, the more I got like very, very excited. <laughs> like I think that I, I would have been like probably on my hands and knees crying if I shot that buck. Yeah, for real, <laughs> like for real, like because he's huge. Yeah, but he, like so you're saying. I mean, I'm telling. I was saying when you were gone. Like I haven't hunted blacktail, so like. I'll be totally honest. I don't probably have the same level of appreciation that you do. So I would, I would love for you to express that a little bit, you know, like, cause I can't as much as you I can. was so fixated on that deer that Taylor was walked up to me to come help. And yeah, I had, backstory about and I had, there. so Taylor's another Oregon guy that's a great hunter. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's, he's a great Christian guy. Just, he's a nice guy. And he, yeah. he you know, he, he knows his stuff, but he had snuck up on me and, and uh, I mean, I was just so enthralled with this deer because, you know, I think a lot of people will hunt their whole lifetime and will never shoot a deer of that caliber. So you know, and I've been fortunate enough to shoot several. Yeah. And uh, Taylor's like, where is he at? And I'm like, see that yellow bush, like, over a mile away? And he, yeah, yeah. I'm like, look just to the, just upper right of that. And holy beep, <laughs> you know, like, and he never came out of the glass again. And, and he never cusses ever. No, he does not cuss. Ever. And it was like, and he and he goes, does this guy know that he's about to shoot a, the biggest blacktail like probably anyone's ever seen in their life? Like, does he understand? <laughs> like, that, I mean, that was a repeated thing the whole night. Yeah. The whole night, like, do you realize how big this deer is? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then as we're as right before Hunter and I bombed off that that cliff, basically, um, right around a thousand yards from him, like I was telling Hunter, like I was just trying not to like let my excitement for him like overflow. I was just being like, like we, we just gotta do this and it's gonna suck. Well, like, we just gotta go down there, we're gonna kill him. Like we have two were, hours left of life. I knew you were excited because I messaged you and I was like, you know there's a, like why are you guys going down the hill? We could just go around and come down on him. Yeah. We, that's where the and you were like, we're already down the hill. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, <laughs> Luke's pumped right now. <laughs> The terrain looked a lot smaller, like from a distance. And then when we got to that little point where we dropped down and it, it just kind of like hit me like, this is a massive canyon. Yeah, no, this it, it was very big. Yeah. We dropped, we, we dropped yeah. like 800 feet or yeah, we dropped eight, the initial, I think the whole thing was a thousand down, yeah. but we dropped 800 and like it was thick and nasty and oh, yeah. just Slipping, steep. Slide. It was raining. Yeah, it was, uh -huh. it was, it was pretty bad. We got to like this drain, like the kind of the bottom of this finger drainage, I guess you'd call it. And then <clears throat> Luke was like, all right, we got to go straight, which was not a bad idea. We said, we got to go straight to the bottom and head up one of the opposite finger ridges to try to get like a, you know, probably like, two, like, 400 yard shot. Yeah, probably like two, 300 yards. Yeah. Max. And so for whatever reason, um, ended up working out, but I said, no, let's try to keep our elevation and work around the tip of this finger and see if we can get a shot across. Cause it looked like to me, it was gonna open up a little bit over there. Well, and I was super nervous cause that, that doe was pulling that buck every which way and it never yeah. it never seemed to be into the, the cut. It, it always seemed to be to the timber. Yeah. So I'm like, 
oh man, like, well, they got to get this done fast, you know, like, it's got to get done fast. And we were going fast. Oh, yeah, we were sweating. (laughs) For whatever reason, that doe just at the timberline flipped at last moment and went up, and he just started thrashing on a bush, just raking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, he's like buying us some time. Like, I'm like rubbing my hands, and Taylor's like, you see the way he's beating that bush up? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Something along those lines. I could be completely wrong, but I think that's what he said. And then it, and then he just kind of meandered up above that log. Yeah, yeah that. And they log. just stayed there forever. Yeah, we got so blessed, man. I was praying the whole way down, and so we did get to an opening, and I ranged it, and it's like five fifty, and that's like, I don't really typically shoot that far. Um, and a steep angle up. Very steep well, angle up. How are you positioned? Across the canyon. It was um, it was a long shot for me. So the longest shot I've ever taken was 440. Um, but I, 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 it's probably bad, but I rarely even practice that far. Like, I've sent a couple with you, like, when we were bear hunting and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I knew, like, I could probably do it, but it wasn't going to be easy. And um, the rest, it was super steep. There's nothing to get anywhere kind of prone or anything. There's no rest, nothing. It was just like this. What would you venture to say the angle of that mountain is? Because I think, like, where he died was probably 70 degrees. Yeah, it no, was. We could barely stand. It, yeah, yeah. Where he died, we couldn't barely stand up. But this was not quite that bad. But it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> I had to get down like this, and then I had to get. I had my pack in front of me. At first, I had the the straps facing me, but the weight of the pack and the steepness it was pulling the pack down the hill. So I turned it around so the weight would kind of offset the steepness. That got it a little more steady. And then my trekking poles were sticking out the side of my rifle carrier thing. And, and, like, the rain fly was stretched over it. So it was kind of like that in between the thing, the trekking poles and the rain fly. And then I had Luke's pack, like, behind my shoulder, kind of like that. And I was just like this. Leaning Leaning way back, dude. And um, I've done one shot like that in my life. And then right as we're all getting set up, like, it's already been raining the whole afternoon. It just starts, like, sideways raining. Like, pouring. And you can see it, like, in the long lens, like, of the kill shot. Like, you can just see the rain just, like... <laughs> just like a wall of water and that's like what adds the number one most difficult part to that hunt is like even spring bear hunting in there the wind just rails oh my bad <laughs> <laughs> we gotta edit that out okay so the wind from the river just rails up that canyon in the afternoons and it's 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 a heavy wind yeah that, that adds a huge level it was, of difficulty. Dude, it was almost like ripping my tarp earlier yeah. in the day when we were set up under that tarp yeah i was in there spring bear hunting this year and it was sideways rain, like parallel with me, just yeah. pelting me straight in the face. And I'm like, what am uh, I even doing on this hill? So, and we had just basically run down a mountain. I know it's a big buck. I, I'm on a terrible rest. So, I mean, my, my reticle is all over the place, man. And I think the whole clip is 20 minutes. So I think about 10 minutes of that, or no, probably like 17 minutes of that, is me like trying to get steady, trying to control my breathing, Get him in the scope, make sure I got good range, make sure he's dialed. So anyway, what do you think at this point? I was, for a, like the, probably the first 10 minutes, of that 20 minutes, I was telling Hunter, I'm like, dude, we could probably still go down and, and get up and get like 200 yards from him. Yeah, like, you said that probably three or four times. I was just like, because I, I just knew, I know Hunter could make the shot because I saw him make a very similar shot on our deer hunt last year on his buck. And... But like there was this driving rain, it was slippery. We were like in our rain gear, but we were soaked from the inside because we were sweating. Yeah, totally. Soaked. Like we were just, 
it, it was high stress and this is like the buck of a lifetime. And I did not want him to miss. And I, I, I was like maybe stressing more than him <laughs> that I did not want him to miss this buck. Um, and so I just kept telling him, I was like, dude, we can, we can go up there. So we can make it. I was like, yeah, I was just like, but also like not trying to tell him what to do. I was also just more, more so just trying to relax and like, dude, we got, he's literally right there. Yeah. That doe is just feeding. He is not going anywhere. He is also feeding. He is basically just staying there broadside. Like he's right there behind that big yellow tree. You cannot miss him. It's like the perfect yellow tree to, you know, and he blended in so good, all you could see was his white muzzles. Yeah, and we haven't given it, Luke any credit for that spot on the doe originally. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was, oh, like, Amazing for you spot. you guys who don't understand, it was over a mile, and it was in the only, like, dead patch on the mountain of solid brown and sticks. Like, it took him forever to explain to me where this doe was. It was an amazing spot. And they blended in so well. Like if you took your eyes out of the glass for one second, you would lose them. Yeah. Like it was a one in a million spot. I'm to this day, totally a God thing that we Absolutely. found those deer. That was insane spot. Yeah. yeah like was, insane spot. Yeah, that was totally the Lord because that made no sense. Because even when I got the spotter on him, I couldn't even see the doe. Yeah. Like she saw like an ear flicker or something? The first thing I saw was just the outline of a deer kind of looking thing in this like patch of like fallen trees they're so hard to see and i was just like that looks like a deer and then i just kept looking at it looking at it, looking at it, looking at it and then it took a step and i was like oh and then i was like and then i looked at it again and i'm like you know i don't think it has horns it's probably a doe yeah because like we hadn't really seen any big bucks up until that point so i was like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it's a doe and so i just radioed or um you know i just called josh over and was like, hey, I, th I think I've got a doe over here. And then Josh comes over and he's just like, no, it's a, I think it's a buck. And I was like, nah, I was like, ah. I, I tend to be more conservative. Like, I'm just like, ah, I don't see horns for sure. I see a big bodied black-tailed deer, but I don't. And then all of a sudden, like kind of below her. Which is what I think I was looking for. Yeah, because he was like, dude, that thing looks like it has a massive body. And I'm like, I know, maybe. And then I just saw it's this other deer below. And I was like, oh, that's another big deer too. And then I saw it step and I saw it for sure fork. And I was like, oh, that's a buck. And then he turned uphill and I saw the full rack turn sideways and be out past his ears. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just happening on the phone with Alexa. Did you realize how big he was? At that moment, yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah there's John, I gotta go. When I, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I saw his rack, my jaw about hit the floor. I was like, no way, dude. Like, uh, Okay, so that, yeah. Like this deer, we would not have killed without that amazing spot by luke for sure no way like no question it was an amazing spot um so we get down there where were we at back in the you were getting set up with the two yeah. backpacks i yeah. was kind of trying to calm you down but also just say hey yeah you were saying we can get closer. We can get closer. so here's the thing um luke was right about that and we probably could have to be honest yeah but you're in the heat of the moment and you don't know like you don't like especially deer in the rut, you don't know where that doe is going to take exactly. that buck. Exactly, and so, so and I knew how close he was to the timber. I knew how big bucks are. Like he was, I was, I was, today. I was talking to you guys. I'm like, he is five yards from the timber. Right. I remember saying that. So I and I knew it would take us a long time to get another three to four hundred feet down in this nasty hellhole canyon and up. up like four hundred feet. It would take a long time, and by the time we got there, we'd make a lot of noise. And uh, we would be like dead by the time we got there. Yeah. So I just was not confident in that we would find him again or that it would work out. So I was like, 
I just felt like in my gut, like it's gonna happen here or it's not gonna happen. Yeah. By the way, I want to throw out there. I forgot to tell tell you guys when we came off of um, Cert, Certain So Creek. Remember me saying we're killing a buck today? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You, you said you said that a couple times, and I remember one time I was like, I have faith in you, Cuzzo. Yeah. Like that day was in a slow motion day for me for sure. But anyways, finish. Were you having fun? Oh yeah, I was having a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, it was a good day. Why was it slow motion? Do you think? It was just like a total spiritual day. Like I, I truly believe like the Holy Spirit was with like all of us the whole day. Like from the second I woke up, like it was just a weird, weird sensation. Like all day, like just even up on the hill and having like homeboy flipping us off. Like I was like I didn't even notice the guy. Like I was yeah. so in tune, but the day was just slow, slow motion. Like and we were just nonchalant and like having my kids involved. I don't know. It was just weird. Like the whole thing was just totally spiritual. Good, Good weird, yeah. And then like just we were just talking about the Lord, like praising Jesus like the whole time on the hill, and then boom, you know? Yeah. And it just gets That's better. Good, right? It gets yeah. better all the way to the end. You <laughs> yeah. know, like like where yeah. where isn't God with us on this day, you know? Like Absolutely. it was wild. We got blessed so big. Um and it's good to like make new friends, you know. Yeah, and, for sure. Hang out with you guys and enjoy it together, you know. Like a lot of my hunts are just like me and not that it wouldn't be fun, it was just me and Luke, but having another person there and then yeah. at the end, four of us there was yeah, really cool. Four good Christian guys all praising Jesus on a mountain, like, and yeah. like, we're all jacked over one thing. Like, yeah. like God didn't provide and, an average deer, it was a tremendous deer. I want to say, too, about you, I was saying this to Luke earlier, like, how you know, like, the mark of like a truly, like, good hearted person like yourself is that you're genuinely pleased with somebody else's success you know like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't take that right or they're jealous or don't want some out-of-state dude coming here and shooting my deer like you can't so you invited us took us to your spots mm-hmm. and like we're stoked like for me to kill us so that's awesome. oh i was jealous <laughs> I was jealous for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But equally, just stoked. so yeah. I'm still in awe, like so stoked. But yeah, no, I was jealous for sure. I'm like, man, healthy jealous. I know my dad's like, son, you took him in there. Like technically, you you were just as part of that deer as he is. You know, he's like talking to me, and he's like, be pumped on that. Like, yeah. you know, no, this was like from you basically guiding us. To Luke making the spot, I was blessed to be able to pull the trigger, but it was like completely just as much your like. It was the whole team. It was all of our deer. And Taylor carrying half the deer out on his back with no backpack. He comes in, he's like, "I didn't know if we were gonna find anything. I'd never been here. Like, thank you for letting me see your spot." And I was like, "You better not ever come back." (laughs) Like, we had that talk, you know. He's like, "Oh, I'm I'm not like that." I'm like, "You better not be," you know. And then like, I'm like, "Where's your?" And then. I gotta like to reiterate this story. You should no, finish fine. the shooting part of your oh, story. Will. Fine. So, I could not hear your gun going off. Like I had no idea. I could just see the deer reacting, and Taylor's like, "I think he shot a couple times." Like, are you sure? Like he's acting up, and then I'm like looking, and then the thing just piles up. I'm like, "Oh, he's dead!" <laughs> we're up there like, yeah! yeah, you know, we're getting jacked up, you know, and you guys are. Oh yeah, yeah. We saw the whole thing, and you guys are like. Is he dead? Is he dead? And we're like, oh, he's dead, dude. For, we could see him. He's yeah. dead. Like, he's <laughs> laying there. You know, like, he's for sure dead. And you were still, like, super nervous, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, because I just got out of this elk hunt where, like, like this elk I killed, man. He took so many bullets and he kept getting up. Like, I was, like, nervous. And because I knew it was, like, at this point, I started thinking, like, this was, like, a special animal. Mm-hmm. 
And so... Um, yeah, Taylor kept saying that. Does he know how special of an opportunity this is? Like, that is a huge deer. Yeah. And that's when that just, that was on repeat until we got to the truck. Yeah, yeah. that was the, every, every other sentence we yeah. said. Like, holy smokes, yeah, dude. But yeah, when I saw that deer just fall and slide down the mountain, it was the... Like this year, I've had a very blessed season hunting and filming a lot of cool, really amazing hunts and stories. But like the feeling of elation that I had for Hunter was like the top this season, That's just amazing. because I was just like, you know, because I, I knew the caliber of this deer. I knew how hard it is to find a deer like this. Like it's truly so difficult. And then to have like Josh here and then Taylor and then obviously Hunter who came all this way. And like, you know, we've been talking about this for a year. He's never been here, kind of took a chance on you know, what I said that like, yeah, we could maybe, you know, we can definitely find some decent ones, but maybe we could find a big one, you know, you know, you never know. And I know where we, some big ones live. And we did. Yeah. And it was just like seeing it all come together in that moment. It was so stressful and tense. And like, I just wanted it so bad for Hunter. Yeah. And just seeing that happen, I was just like, <sighs> and I, but I was also just like, hug me, brother. Yeah. And I was just so happy for him. Yeah. Okay, you know? well, jumping ahead a little bit. I got to tell how it actually went down too. Yeah, tell how okay, it went down. We already, that's okay. But, um, so... Yeah, and it was so amazing. So thank you guys again. It was so amazing, like, doing this. Like, such a team effort. But um, where was I? Oh, yeah. I you're had my about, crappy rest for, like, 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, you're And I'm just to... all over. I finally got calmed down and controlled. And um, I just didn't think we'd be able to get a better shot. So <clears throat> I dialed it. And, uh, yeah, I just sent it. And we thought it was a miss, actually. Um, I obviously didn't see what happened with the recoil. It just kind of, you know, went off and... Luke said you missed him, and I was, and then I was like, you know, had that moment of like panic, oh, yeah, like full panic, he's, yeah. Because in the hunting world I come from, when you shoot at a deer, he's gone. Um, so, but it was far enough away where I don't know. Anyway, he kind of stuck around, and Luke was like really calming me down, like it's okay, he's right there, take your time, da da da. It turns out, I look back at the footage, that first one was actually a hit, mm-hmm. and he actually mule kicked up and everything, um, and then. Um, I think I may have missed the second one. So there were some misses in there. Um, I hit him a second time. It looked really good. And then um, I had basically one bullet left in my magazine. And uh, I, I held it. I think a couple of my misses were high maybe. And I held it a little low. I don't know if it just he had changed elevation or something. But um, I hit that one and he crumpled. And I, of course I didn't see it. But Luke goes, oh, he's dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just stone cold him. Yeah. I just kind of hit him in that high shoulder area, and just yeah. the dude just died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just and then we were him. fist bumping and all that good stuff. It was special. And then we were yard selling across the canyon. <laughs> yeah. We had I I had line distance it out there. It was two point two miles from where we were to the end on, on the road. road. Yeah, and, and I'm just freaking. <laughs> Not lit like yeah. very fast paced walking. Yeah. He was like, man, you walk fast. I'm like, well, we're getting to that buck. Like, I'm, I need to put my hands on that deer. Like, you know, I thought you guys were going to beat us there for sure, too. Like, already celebrating oh, yeah. and everything. But no. No. Not at all. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> so we had to go all the way down another 400-ish feet into the bottom of this nasty canyon. And then we had to climb up about 1,000 or 800 feet. Yeah, I was close to 1,000. Close to 1,000. 
But then we also had to go across like two other little like finger drainages to get to the like the ridge he was on. Yeah. And the finger drainage that they had to come up, it was literally like this. Yeah. Yeah, and there were several times I was rock like basically rock yeah, climbing. Yeah. No trekking poles, just pulling yourself yeah. like through the deadfall to get up to and it. And when you go across these drainages, it's not like, oh a little creek. It's yeah. like it's like literally like it's just like six feet of like uh like just like ball of deadfall. Yeah, like, yeah. branches, like logs, of, like, sticks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't even describe it. With like the berries over the top, so like it looks flat. Yeah. yeah, so you're just falling through and it. Oak. Yeah, and poison, yeah. poison oak galore on that hill. <laughs> I mean, I was like jonesing to get a shower when I got home. I was like, yeah. there's no way I'm gonna spend two weeks miserable, dude. And so it was just hellacious getting over there. I, fun fact about Luke. Uh, he's such a good dude that even when he gets like his ankle twisted or like stubs his toe, he doesn't curse. But every so often, I'll just hear behind me. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just moan it out, just holding those those curse words. And... He literally just be like, oh. yeah. And I'd be like, Are you okay, dude? And he's like, Yeah. I'm okay. My ankle's just in backwards. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we make it out there, and it's literally. So these guys, um, we hollered at them and told them to wait to go walk with the buck because they had beat us there, and, and I wanted to like all see them together at the same time. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. We were like extending our neck as far as we could to try to like see him. Did down you think there. it was funny that I said wait? No, we understood why yeah. for sure, <laughs> but like, because, you know, but we were both like, oh, man. And then like. <laughs> How long were you waiting up there for us? For, for about five, uh, it was quite oh. a while. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a while. I learned something about Luke. Like, Luke, you're not the fastest guy on the mountain, nope. but you just nope. keep going. Yeah, like the Energizer Bunny. Yep. You know. Yeah, that, yeah, Luke, exactly. Energizer it's Bunny. And I'm just like a, as fast as I can go. I think you know. And, and we were talking about this earlier. I like to like sprint a little bit and then like stop for like a little bit and then like sprint and then stop. What do you do? I'm just like a fast pace. All the time. All fast. The, all the time. Yeah. I think I just. I used to still hunt for blacktail, you know, through the timber, and, and your, like, success rate is, like, nothing, you know? <laughs> so, like, I'm like, why am I doing that? Like, I might as well just, I have a better odds of, like, just going fast and getting one on surprise, and I'm just, and then, you know, elk hunting, it's, like, yeah. ridge to ridge to ridge, call, 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 ridge, 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 just yeah. run and gun, and that's just how I hunt unless I'm you glassing. You do walk fast, because I walk pretty fast when so I'm, like, in go mode, and I was, like, struggling to keep up with these amounts, so... Definitely walk fast. But anyway. We I spend a lot there. of time in the mountains too, though. Yeah. So, like, you know, going fast is just kind of where, where I'm at. It's in your, like, it's, like, in your bones. I've been beat up the mountain by one person in my life, and he's a, he's a guy from Southern Oregon, too, and he's a stud hunter. His name's Japheth. And he, like, smokes me up the mountain. Wow. And it's like, you know, I'm, like, gritting my teeth. Like, I'm going to die before I let this guy beat me up the hill kind of a situation. <laughs> and I still can't beat him up the hill. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, it's different when you grow up on a flat pancake versus growing up here. Yeah. But uh, we made it over there finally. And um, I don't know. What did you guys think when you saw him? That thing was balled up in a nasty bird yeah, nest of big timber. Like, it was like a bird a, nest, it yeah. was a bird nest of big <laughs> yeah. timber. And he was so balled up down in it it was like i for you know i was like how are we gonna get him out of here like brute strength yeah. is what it took yeah like we, could, we were talking earlier like you could you could barely like take pictures or video like it, yeah we were all standing like with one leg extended and one leg like all the way up here like yeah. it was like this dude yeah. like you you had to hold the deer from it from rolling down like, yeah. the mountain mm -hmm. 
So, um, yeah, we, we did manhandle it out. We did get it out. And then me and, um, and your mouth never closed from the time <laughs> you put your hand on, on that deer. I'm telling you, if you look at all of his photos, it's this. <laughs> you know, like, the whole time. And I was like, I was going to make a joke. Remember I told you, I was like, are you a mouth breather or what? Yeah. But you were just in awe, I think, so. Yeah, so he's like a three by four, uh, the three sides, got a nice big bladed eye guard. And um, I don't know, what do you, I'm not a big score person. I never have been. Um, but I will say now that I just like, by the grace of God and y'all's help, like was able to get a actual like Boone and Crockett buck. Beyond now, beyond Boone and Crockett. It's yeah. kind of interesting to me now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, what do you guys think? We, we have, we like rough scored him. What do you think he scores? I mean, high 140s. 150s for sure. 150s for Could sure. Could go 150. I think so. I mean that He's three, that three's gonna deduct you a little bit, but I mean six inch eye guard. It, yeah, and he's 22 yeah. inches wide. Yeah. So. so and, um, and he's you know he's got what five inch bases. Yeah, with big like stickers yeah. on and stuff. Yeah. So I mean I think he's he's a 150s buck all day long. That's amazing. And like you said, who cares about net? Yeah. And we 125 like is yeah. 125 is uh, minimum for the Boone and Crockett, and then 135 is all time. I don't know what that yeah, means. and I only know a handful of guys like in Southern Oregon that are good hunters that even killed one in the 130s class. Yeah. So, well, like I said, uh, I keep saying it over and over, but I was blessed to be able to pull the trigger on it. But it's totally like all of our deer, you know. Yeah, he and, definitely didn't have any ground shrinkage. No. No. No ground <laughs> shrinkage. Not at all. Were you stoked, Luke? Very. And I thought it was kind of cool. The whole experience. The whole experience. I still cannot believe just how blessed we are. Well, and I was tell I was texting Luke, and I was I never get emotional on a hunt, but I was holding back crying like the whole time. <laughs> no, there was times I was too. Like, and I just was like, oh, there's a huge time. double rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, bring it back to the Lord. Like that double rainbow we noticed. Right, it's like trophy shots. You know, that's. That's God's promise, you know, like this huge buck, like everyone coming together, collaborating and like working hard. And like, it was just a total God day. Yeah. Like for sure. And the 100%. fact that I made that shot. Yeah. And you made that <laughs> shot in crazy wind and sideways rain, like on a hillside. I shot one deer like that one time and I, and I, it's mounted, but it's at my friend's house. I don't have any room for it, but same situation, but with the 30, 30 and I, and it was 330 yards and I shot, I took this shot and I watched it hit the dirt like four feet below the buck. And so I aimed four foot over its back and by the grace of God, like the bullet drifted and smoked it right in the head and like split its head. But it like pummeled into like the nastiest blackberry jungle of all time. And like I had my dad and like some of his friends and it was like an all day affair in rifle season, but in the like, heat yeah. getting this deer out and my my dad was so angry with me he's like don't you ever ever <laughs> shoot a deer in this spot ever again like ever like that, he was so mad that brings up an interesting point um because we were talking later about it and like this spot is not that hard to access like there was a guy at the thing when we parked um but like it's so nasty that like a lot of the local hunters even if they saw a deer in there wouldn't shoot it no no because they, they would not go, yeah. go get it no, no, 100%. That, that's like a real man's So spot. you have to be willing to put the work in if you want to kill a deer in there. Even yeah. more, that one from earlier today that's just in the bottom, that would go down there and bring that thing back up was no joke. Yeah, and it's just such big country, like, I don't even know, 
I mean, dude, the fact that I even saw the deer, the doe, at yeah. first was just total luck. Mm -hmm. You know, like that, it was a mile away. Like, yeah. So you know, crazy. It just, the, just, the whole, just the whole thing. Just the whole thing. Yeah. Like completely blended in. Yeah. Like unreal spot. No, it was just a perfect culmination. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. But yeah, the rainbow situation, that one, I like wasn't trying to be all like Mr. Softy, but I was like fighting back crying i was like there is this is unreal yeah like nice sunset beautiful mm -hmm. rainbow we're all on the hill like the deer was big you know luke's doing his thing like mm -hmm. i was all concerned about being in his way like taking <laughs> photos and everything yeah. but and you're just over there just <laughs> yeah. like the yeah. whole time yeah but, i mean this is like i've you know i killed some like decent animals and stuff but this is like my first like truly big animal mm -hmm. good well i hope you come back next year yeah, man. Yeah. For bear or deer or yeah. something. I'd love to. Um, okay. So, we get over there. Everybody's in awe. We're having a good time. We're taking photos, getting video, um, double rainbow, which, quick side note, my first ever Western hunt of the Hunter's Quest show or whatever, Wyoming, day before opener, saw double rainbow. The first hunt of this year, Alaska, we killed a caribou, double rainbow. This hunt, double rainbow. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. So, pretty cool. Um, one of the most fun, unique, awesome, best hunts ever. We captured it amazingly, thanks to Luke, and just thanks to everybody. But, um, so, yeah, Taylor gets down there. He's with you. Um, we cut it up. He helps me get the head off, which um, I was going to ask him about that, but I need to learn how to do that better. I usually just take a saw and just like do it like just by brute strength. He There's can, actually a technique you can do with a knife that I need to he, learn. He can cut a deer up fast. Yeah. Like fast. Yeah. I did most of the cutting, but he took the head off for okay. me. Okay. Well, he got the back straps out too. He was good at the back straps. I was, was. And with no headlamp, no pack, he forgot his pack, yeah. everything. And he got the loins out really good too. Yeah, yeah. he did, yep. Oh, Taylor's yeah. a really good hunter. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, I took the hinds off. He got those out really clean and really nice. Um, and then he got the head off. Helped me get the head off. So um, And then he he freaking muscled two front quarters up in game bags by himself. No uh, no pack. Mm. I had a hind and a head, I think. That was, I think that was it. You had... I had the rest of me. Yeah. yeah Josh had the rest. Which yeah. was a hind and a front. And all the... Um, no, I had the um, back straps, too, and all the, okay. the other extra meat. Yeah. Cool. And I um, just tractored up the hill. Yeah, you went fast, dude. I was going pretty slow. Plus, me and Luke were doing photos. There's some really cool. Yeah, we got, really cool. we got some really cool stuff. I'm excited to see. Yeah. Edit later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else on the pack that you want to hit? Or I mean, it wasn't terrible. No, because hey, you, you kind of killed them honestly near the top of the ridge. Yeah. Like we did all the terrible stuff, getting you know, hiking down, shooting, and then hiking up to him. We got to give Gary a little. Cred. Yeah, yeah, and your buddy Gary came. So, so Gary's this old veteran, and he's got one leg, and all he wants to do is kill an animal. But he's got one leg, and he cut over two miles off the pack out with yeah. his side by side. He was Johnny on the spot up there. Probably wasn't yeah. the most comfortable ride for you guys it out. It was a little scary. It was a little scary. There yeah, was, there was six, six not small guys in a side by side, probably designed for two guys. It was and gear in a buck. He yeah. said it was rated for it's rated for a thousand pound weight limit. And oh. there was that in humans on it. Oh, at oh, least. There was like yeah. 1,500 pounds. The, when we would go through the smallest bump, the, the rear diff would just yeah. bottom out. Yeah. And well, I'm, I'm, 
I could hear you guys telling him to slow down. We were telling him to slow down, and he's like, it's only a 570. It doesn't have the power to even get up this little <laughs> incline. Like, I have to give it gas, dude. Yeah, I was like, I almost had to jump out at one point. Oh. But, uh, but yeah, that cut a lot. And then we were all soaking wet. Oh, yeah. Me and Luke's stuff still smells like dead buck. Oh, it smells so bad. Um, but, we, yeah. And we were able to dry out a little bit. Came back and enjoyed it a little bit, and then we went back to your parents' house and dried off and used the dryer and slept yeah. there for the night. But incredible day, dude. It was a great day. It was an awesome time, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so um, before we close out, I wanted to tell you guys, and we can, if there's anything else you guys want to say, please, but back to my theory of why. I was thinking about this on the mountain earlier. There you go, yeah. Of why Oregon hunters, there's so many good Oregon hunters. I haven't written down. Um, okay, so like I said earlier, there's tons of good Oregon hunters, guys from Oregon, you, Luke, Brian Barney, uh, Cam Haynes, Aaron Snyder, I don't know, I, that's just a small list, I know there's a lot more, I'm not remembering, but tons of killer hunters come out here, the reason I think it is, obviously to start, you have like a nice, like vibrant hunting culture, you know, a lot of guys hunt, it's like a social thing, a lot of guys do it, um, there's opportunity with the land, of course. The land is thick and rugged and steep, so that obviously is going to challenge your glassing, your finding animal skills, and your physical skill. The um, land, the land, definitely like you got to want it here. Yeah, you got to want it. This is the most important. There's lots of competition, but from what I've seen, the competition is rarely thinking outside of the box or willing to work very hard. So you learn that if you're willing to think outside the box and get to the spots where other people just don't want to hunt you're going to find success and that yeah. translates like to everywhere. And yeah. it just takes time, time in, around here. I think time in the woods is key because you won't find these pockets without spending hundreds of hours in there. You know, I used to do the trail camera thing. I don't do the trail camera thing very rarely anymore, unless I'm just curious of what's in the area. But like I've learned with Oregon too, like the certain spots that hold animals, they do for a reason and you get into that huge dark timber and there's there's not a lot of feed in there so like you have to pick those spots out and kind of like concentrate on them pretty hard pretty hard <laughs> okay sorry the girls are in the bed going crazy yeah my kids sorry um, guys yeah no first of all i want to say i appreciate you rounding me into with all those names i also name drop uh Brian Call, Gritty, yep. uh, Nate Simmons. Oh, Nate's from Oregon? Yeah. Oh, heck, yeah. there you see, told you. Um, just off the top of my head. But I mean, I, yeah, I know a lot of really good hunters just happen to be from Oregon. Um, but yeah, I think it, through your last point, like thinking just outside the box and, and, you know, just trying to like look at hunting areas differently in those pockets, like Josh was saying, one of the spots I took him to yesterday his mouth was just like on the floor or his jaw was on the floor he's just like we're gonna go hunting right here i'm like yeah and then we, we actually saw some yeah. deer in there well, you, and, he, and he was just like this is like so cool like the like the spot we were hunting he's like really I, cool. he's like i would have never thought to hunt there mm -hmm. i'm like i know well same with like your your elk spot mm -hmm. like that's probably that's up there for the best elk habitat that i've ever seen in my entire life and you would never know it you would never in a million years know ever in a million years but unless you drop off that canyon yeah. with a whim, yeah. like you would never know, you know? Yeah. You just gotta be willing to get out of the vehicle and like put the boot leather and like, even when we're gonna check those cameras, I mean, um, 
you can't walk a trail there. You can't drive yeah. your side by side there. Like you got to get in there. So yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of people just don't want to do it. And I think another thing, like once again, I'll reiterate on Oregon, like as far as if you want to, if you're a good hunter or you like want to become a good hunter, you have all the species and from high desert to the coast. Cause like the coast, like that's a whole nother experience of swamp. Like soaked up to your waist and skunk cabbage, like swamp, like elk hunting the coast. You're getting like a five yard shot because they are wondering who is talking to them. Like they have to find you. So like it's in your face and it's nasty as this, like even nastier. So, you know, but you just got to figure out your style and, but put in the work, like you said, and if you are, you'll be successful. Yeah. Very beautiful place to hunt for sure. And I love fun with you guys. Oh, you're coming back. Oh, for sure. Fall bear. We're doing a fall bear hunt. Yeah. I'm going to hold you to it. Josh says he knows how to kill fall bears. I do you know how to kill fall bears. All right. Well, I'm about to take you up on that, dude. Um, we've been going for probably about an hour. So uh, I know Josh's kids are probably... They're asleep now. Fine. Now that we're ending. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, any, any like closing thoughts or anything? I know, I'm sure we probably hit everything, but... I don't know if I said this in a podcast... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that might be the biggest blacktail killed on camera, like, of all time. Wow. On public land. On public land. There's, like, yeah, there's definitely a chance. On government land, public land, other hunters in there hiking around, yeah. spreading their scent, like, I think, truthfully, that might be the biggest, like, I challenged someone to find a bigger deer killed on you, camera. You said you looked through YouTube and you couldn't find one. Yeah, I, I, I love watching YouTube because you never know what you're going to learn from somebody else that's just filming their hunt like you can learn so much from somebody you know and oh i did a lot of that this just this past few months i was watching youtube films on blacktail i was listening to podcasts by a bunch of different people just trying to like get little nuggets that i could apply to you know what i knew our style was gonna kind of be going into the time what'd you think of the glassing what'd you think of the glassing and like the rain and like everything that yeah. you, like what did you learn from it like, um, good question so i was saying to luke earlier if you asked, you asked about glassing was um, I, I usually do kind of like a grid thing, but here's the thing about that. I found out kind of on this hunt, I realized more that like when I, and this is just me, when I get into that like gridding mode, I kind of like zo- like check out mentally and just kind of like robotically just do it instead of really looking. And so like if you want to just quickly scan a hillside, uh, like if kind of if it's close or something, like that's okay if you you know to be fast. But like if you really want to like pick it apart kind of like adapted from what Luke was doing a little bit, which was sort of, I would just look at the hillside with my naked eye and identify like what looks good habitat, looks deer, like, you know, edge of the um, timber, uh-huh. like in the cut or like next to those orange oak trees. Uh-huh. Um, and then I would like, then get my binoculars up and like really pick that apart because these deer, especially some of the distances we're glassing, you will not see them scanning. Mm-hmm. Unless you get really lucky, or they're like out in the open or moving. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they just get nestled into like. The you gotta thicket. look for those little spots and just like zone in on them. Because so like, that's also how I saw that doe that led to the, your buck was like, I just saw this like it was the very, very, very last opening in this clear cut, like um, all the way at the end of this this ridge, and it was right on this like triangle of timber coming up to the opening. And I was just like, that looks like a really good like edge habitat. Plus it's like the furthest away from access. Like that's yeah. at least two, it's like, you know, two miles from where we were on the, on the skid road, 
but from our truck, it, you're looking at at least three miles from the truck. So I was like, that's like a good area. And I just was like, I just always kind of kept coming back to that little ridge and just kind of going up that, that, that line of timber mm-hmm. and just kind of happened to see a doe there. Best spot of all time. Here's a question. Um, from your perspective, like me, guy from Virginia, coming in to hunt here, pretty relatively newer Western hunter, four years I think I've been hunting like outside of Virginia. What did you think of me and how did it change over the course of the day or hunt or whatever? I, honestly, I had no idea that you even had a TV show. Like, I, Until you told me, I, I, I told Luke when I when he found that I was like, "Thanks for telling me he has a TV well, show." Like, <laughs> but like anyway, but our generation doesn't really watch cable that much. That's kind of the thing. One of the things I've been fighting, I've been trying to do digital well. But yeah, a lot of our generation doesn't have Sportsman Channel, unfortunately. But if you're listening, you can watch 11:30 a.m. on Mondays or noon Eastern on Saturdays on the Sportsman Channel, the show. But and that might change for season two. Hopefully, that'll change to some better air times. But um, anyway, when you call me Kuzo or Kuzo, all right, I like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Josh, seriously, it's been such a good hunt to do with you, dude. Yeah. And seriously, thank you so much for like you know opening your 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 home and yeah. everything to Hunter and you yeah, know, no problem. You know, showing us amazing spots and of course, I think we're friends now. More years to come. Yeah. Let's yeah. make it happen. No, we're definitely going to do this again. Yeah. That's right. We make a good team, too. Oh, yeah. We, we all time jive. I'm going to give you more meat to carry, though. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Slow you down to my level. I would have took a little more meat, honestly. <laughs> I know Taylor was like, can we help him? I'm like, I don't think Luke has oh. an ounce of meat on him. I just think it was a great it was a great hunt. I mean, it kind of sucks. It was, it was Yours was cut short, but now we got yours to do. And still, still mine. Day hunt. Oh yeah, we're yeah. all and we're yeah, all hunting tomorrow. We're all hunting together tomorrow. Yeah, we're all hunting we tomorrow. Got one more yeah, day. The so, over. and if we're doubling up, it's on the same deer. I don't care. We're getting it yeah. down. <laughs> if we kill tomorrow or after we kill tomorrow, we gotta do another like Zoom podcast or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we will for yeah, sure. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's like my last day because then I have to grocery shop and get the get going for elk, elk yeah. hunting. So, which by the way. We didn't talk about. I killed a bull in that same canyon last oh, year. Oh, you did, and you packed it out. Yeah, and we packed it out. Yeah. Two yeah. guys, right? And his wife, 115 pounds. How many trips? It was a lot of trips. <laughs> it was, and it was heavy. Was it down further off the road than my buck? It was down past the other draw that we were looking at. How far off the road was it? You think? All the way at the bottom of the draw. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, wasn't I on the phone with you yeah. the next morning? And now yeah. he was still alive. Yeah. I shot this bull four times, and he, he bedded in where a stump had rolled over, and I was on the phone with him trying to think of where he might have bedded down, and he was right there 30 yards, He's still alive, still just alive. mouth wide open, with four bullets, like, all in his chest. Dude, elk are insanely dude, tough, dude. dude. so insane. And I put him down. I, was I on the phone with you when I did it? I'm pretty sure you're like, oh, I gotta go. Yeah. Because yeah. You, yeah, you were like... Was he laying there? Or? Just bedded, just, and he, did, he could not move. Could I mean, move. he was so... But he was just mouth open just bet it and it was like he saw you i'm on the phone with luke walking following blood i'm like i don't know man like this is and it looked like a massacre in the snow like the whole way and he was alive but he saw you and didn't get up because he couldn't get up so yeah that's the other thing i learned this year elk you don't stop shooting until they are dead oh i ran out of bullets (laughs) (laughs) i'm like well i know that (laughs) my last shot was the last one of my mags so but anyway, this is an awesome hunt. Um, biggest animal I've ever killed. Maybe 
could possibly be the biggest blacktail killed on film. On YouTube. On YouTube. Someone's going to fact check that. Someone's going to fact check it. But I will venture to say, even if there is a bigger one out there, I bet this one was captured better. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm really excited with like you know what we captured. You know, not only on film, but just like the whole hunt and the whole story. Like, yeah. dude, we just got so stinking blessed. Like yeah. that was, that's just been my biggest takeaway. Like, yeah, we've got a couple more days to hunt, but it's like I was telling Hunter of like, if I don't get one, it's seriously just like we what we what we all accomplished as a team was like just this amazing, beautiful thing, and like I'm just so grateful for it. I think we got a good opportunity tomorrow. Yeah. It's supposed to be perfect got, weather. Yeah, we still got a good day. Yeah, yeah. They, they've still been running hard and chasing. Yeah. So. We're going to get one, at least. We saw two bucks today. They're both shooters, so yeah. we're just going to keep going. Just keep you we guys. got really close today. Maybe that's a story for another day, but yeah. we got really close twice today on Luke of the Bucks. You cannot get closer. Cannot get closer. No. no. Nice bucks. But anyway, um, I guess we'll call it here because yeah. we got to get up and go hunt tomorrow. We do. Nice. All right, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you on the next one. Okay, guys, so thanks for listening. Um, again, it was such an amazing hunt. Thanks to Josh and Luke. Um, you know, I just can't put into words. It's like probably the best way I could ever imagine to cap off what has been a fantastic season. So, but I do want to really quick run through and tell you guys the story of how it went down with Luke's buck the next day after we recorded this podcast. And sorry, I don't have Luke here. Maybe I'll get him back on at some point, but it's just he's, you know, we're all still in the thick of things and I don't want to wait too long to get this recap out. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys a story of how it all went down. All right. So if you guys aren't already following Luke uh, Dusenberry, you can go to his social media and check him out and you will see the pictures of his buck. Now, to give you a little bit of backstory here, um, Luke has been he grew up in Oregon. He's been hunting blacktails his entire life. He's killed a couple small bucks. Um, but he has never until now killed a mature blacktail. That was kind of a dream of his. And then he got into the uh, hunting industry and always sort of dreamed about coming back to Oregon and making a really cool blacktail film. So that was our goal. Um, <clears throat> you know, you just listened to the podcast, so you already know the first three days were just insane. And we came out of, it came out of there with a huge buck. Um, but that's only half the story. So as soon, and we didn't really get into it in the, in the podcast, but we were kind of just focusing on, uh, my buck because the day we recorded that podcast was a really, really rough day for Luke. And let me tell you about it. So basically I killed my buck on day three. And at that point I became cameraman, like full on Luke was the hunter. I was the cameraman because this is going to be, um, for the, for the TV show, this is going to be a two-part episode, which, of course, will air next season. So the first episode is my hunt, um, and then <clears throat> we switch roles. I'm the cameraman, and I'm filming Luke. So the first um, morning, we didn't hunt because we were getting dried out and kind of recuperating from packing my deer out. Excuse me. And I apologize. I have a cough I've been fighting. Um so anyway, we did get out the afternoon after my buck. And so that afternoon we went to um, a really just beautiful spot. It's actually going to be a really cool uh, hunt to edit together. Uh, it was just super like moody and cloudy and uh, we were overlooking a small town, um, but we were kind of secluded on the side of this mountain that had a bunch of buck brush and just looked really good. And it was very beautiful and rain was kind of rolling through the area. 
Um, again, Oregon is just such a beautiful place to hunt. It kind of reminds me a lot of Southeast Alaska. Um, just steep mountains with beautiful fog banks that roll in and out. And um, it's hard to describe, but it's just very beautiful and very kind of diverse terrain. You got some really thick stuff, some old growth pine forest. And then you have like these, um, <clears throat> I think I mentioned it already in the podcast, so I apologize, but these kind of rolling hill oak and yellow grass areas that are just gorgeous. Anyway, so um, we saw one, I, I spotted a forky that night from far away, but nothing really happened on that hunt. We came out, uh, went back to camp, and the next morning, let's see, I may be skipping a day here, to be honest, because it's kind of a blur still, but I'm just going to fast forward a little bit to the good stuff. So I'm not sure if it was the next day or the day after that, because... I'm pretty sure it was the day after that because Luke's hunt was four days long. But anyway, um, let's just fast forward that day. So on day um, three of Luke's hunt, um, we went to an area that we had hunted previously on my hunt in the afternoon, but wanted to try out for a morning hunt. Plus, it was pretty close to camp and just kind of uh, convenient to get over there. Because the spot where I killed my buck was like um, probably an hour drive from our camp, if not more. So we hit this spot. We're on the glassing knob. It's a little bit far for a shot to where we're glassing to, but it's doable. Like Luke has proven at the range, he can shoot this far. Um, so we're thinking if one comes in range, we're going to, you know, send it. Um, and this is, you know, getting towards the end of the hunt. We got, I guess we had at this point, two more days to hunt. So um, we get there. It wasn't long. We started spotting deer uh, I spotted a smaller buck and then there was a bigger buck behind him. Like, a, I think he was a nice three point, maybe a, a two point with eye guards. And then it's a rut fest and the bucks are going crazy and running all over the mountain. Um, I'm going to keep it somewhat brief here. Um, but basically, um, he's in range. Luke lines it up, gets prone. He's feeling good and he sends it. Misses way right, like feet right. And I'm like, you're right. Um, he's like, okay buck keeps moving around um again miss right um and then he shoots a third time and is right again and so i start telling him dude you gotta hold way left you're way left i i should have told him to check his scope i guess we we're kind of in heat in the moment in the heat of the moment he for whatever reason didn't think to check his scope dials um and you know i don't need to go into all the gory details but basically he missed a bunch of times all right and so finally the deer you know gets out of there and um it wasn't until later we realized that his um windage adjustment on his scope had been moved three moa to the right so <coughs> though it was frustrating um you know mystery solved and we checked his rifle his rifle was fine he was shooting fine it just the scope got bumped unfortunately so we were kind of bummed but we're like you know what whatever it happens let's move on let's keep hunting so that afternoon we actually go into the spot where um i had killed my buck the same mountain same little uh drainage so we get in there we walk up there i get to the first glassing spot i pull up my binos almost instantly i see a doe and i was just i just knew because the rut by this point had really kicked in and like 
it was rare that you would see a doe without a buck at this point. So I see this doe and I'm like, dude, just get ready. Like there's a doe. There's going to be a buck probably. He's kind of milling around a little bit. Then boom, here he comes. <laughs> I see the buck walk through my field of view and I'm like, get your gun like buck. And he's like, what? I'm like, get your gun. <laughs> I was getting all excited. And uh, cause I could tell, I didn't see what he was, but I could tell immediately he was a shooter, like a nice, mature buck, and he was moving. So I was just like, get your gun ready, man. Um, it was about 350, 300 yards from us down in the ravine. And so, anyway, he starts getting ready. Um, and then at this point, the buck had worked into some brush. We're trying to get the camera on him, yada, yada, get the rifle set. Um, finally, he does come out, uh, and I reviewed the footage. <laughs> he does come out. Um, into the open, and he's quartered away pretty good, which I will I will give that to Luke. He was quartered pretty hard, but he was he was killable. Let's like at that close of a range, he was maybe at 400 this this time. He was killable. I think Luke was a little bit in his head from those misses earlier. I think he wanted, and we talked about it later. He was waiting for that buck to step broadside. Now, um, hindsight's always 2020. Um, you know, I, me just knowing myself, um, I would have, um, been a little bit more aggressive and taken the shot, but, um, Luke is the one who's, you know, behind the rifle and it's your responsibility when you're shooting to not shoot unless you feel confident that you can ethically kill that animal. So I'm not throwing any shade. Um, but for whatever reason, Luke, you know, maybe you could say he hesitated, maybe, Maybe he was making the right call. I don't know. But he didn't shoot. And he stood there for about 15 to 20 seconds, and then he was gone. And Luke was just super bummed about this at this point. We had two – I mean, because we thought it was going down. Like, it was – we were waiting for him to take that last step, and he was dead. Um, But it just didn't happen that way. And I think – I think, in retrospect, Luke probably felt that he had hesitated a little bit too. Um, He could have taken the shot. But anyway – it just didn't go down, and he was very bummed. I mean, this is probably the most bummed I've ever seen Luke. You know, it it was two really good opportunities in one day that didn't work out, um, and we're about as close as you could possibly get without it working out. All right, if you're still listening at this point, you must at least somewhat care about what I have to say, so listen up really quick. Um, I know a lot of you guys use supplements and other types of products for nutrition, for working out and stuff like that. I know I do. I use pre-workout. I use creatine. And um, on hunts, I use slumber. But anyway, if you do, uh, and you're a hunter, you've probably heard of Mountain Ops. Um, so do me a favor. If you're a user of Mountain Ops, just use my code QUEST. It'll help support the show, and you'll be getting a great discount on a great product. And if you haven't tried Mountain Ops, go to mountainops.com, M-T-N-O-P-S.com, and place an order, and use my code QUEST, and um, it's really going to help me out financially to help support the show. You're going to get a great product or products, and also you're going to get a discount. So head over to Mountain Ops, use my code QUEST, really appreciate it. So anyway, Luke was just super bummed, um, probably the lowest I've ever seen him. Um, you know, he's been dreaming about killing this uh it was a four point too. What he is exactly what he wanted, a dark chocolate horned 
four point with eye guards, mature, nice, beautiful black tail buck. Just perfect re- representation of the species. Like almost, I almost feel like my buck is like a freak. <laughs> like, mm. like people look at him and they're like, "Oh, nice mule deer. He's he's all right." They're like, "That's a black tail." Um, so, but Luke's is just a beautiful, perfect representation of a nice, mature, good black tail buck. So anyway, he was super bummed. Not to mention we had it all on camera. You know, perfectly set up and um so anyway, he was really bummed. Um that night we did this podcast you just listened to and th- and we didn't really get into it because he was still, I think, feeling it a little bit. Um he was in his feels a little bit, as they say. <laughs> so anyway, um but we knew we had one more full day to hunt and we were not giving up. So Unfortunately, Josh had to go drop his girls off at school the next morning. Not unfortunately, but he just had he couldn't come with us. Um, again, Josh is a great dad, so you know, family first. But me and Luke headed up the mountain by ourselves, and we, you know, a little bit of pressure. Last full day, uh, we really want to get one for Luke, and we're going to the same spot that we were at the night before. <laughs> and almost like deja vu, we get up there. Okay, except for this time. Luke pulls up his binoculars, same spot. Within five minutes, picks out a doe. Basically, essentially in the same spot as they were the night before. Um, and then, I can't, I don't know, I think, yeah, I think he saw the buck as well. And so I immediately just start getting the camera ready. He starts getting the rifle ready. And we're communicating on where the deer is so I can get on with the camera. He can get on with the rifle. And um, he was moving around a little bit. Um, and wow, I can't even remember, I can't even believe like how almost identical the situations were because the buck pops in the open again. It might've even been the same hillside. I don't remember exactly, but standing the exact same way, just hard quartering away, but looking back at us. And, um, I think Luke made the right call. He was a little bit more aggressive this time. I think maybe he was able to get a little more steady although I think he may have been shooting off a tripod due to the brush which is not his first choice but um, we'd already talked about it it was the last day and again we're not rushing shots or taking unethical shots but we came into this day with the mindset of this is the day we got to get it done like it's got to happen so it's kind of like that mentality of just like send it and I hate to be like cliche but um, again, we're not doing anything unethical or, you know, risking taking bad shots, but it's time to be like, step up that aggressiveness level a little bit, you know, maybe don't work for the wait for the perfect broadside shot. Like if you got a shot, take it. And that's kind of how I always hunt to be honest. But, um, anyway, it worked out in the end. So, so here he is, he's standing there quartering hard away. I don't remember. I, you know, I was probably getting my two cents of, you know, go, you got him, man, I'm on him. Um, either way, uh, Luke felt solid and took a shot and he hit him good. He hit him right where he was aiming. Um, you know, I actually talked to Luke a little bit about it after kind of coached him through it a little bit. This is just something that's maybe important to mention, uh, if people don't know, um, because I think Luke may have not known this. I'm not sure, but when an animal is quartered really hard away, you got to aim like almost just right in front of the ham, if not like the back rib, a back of the rib cage. Um, 
you know, depending on how hard they're quartered, because with that thing standing at that angle, if you hit him here, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see what I'm talking about. Hit him here, it's going to go through the body like this. You got to think about your bullet trajectory. So, anyway, Luke hit him perfect, you know, quote unquote, right behind the shoulder. But due to the angle, which I was kind of helping him understand later, it kind of hit like this a little bit. Which, uh, if you see online, it kind of just went under that shoulder and sort of out. And so he was hit hard and hit well, um, but he required a follow-up shot, which Luke executed perfectly. Um, anyway, it's just amazing how it all went down. Actually, the deer ran, and then Luke was able to find him again with the glass bedded down. So the deer actually read, ran a little bit. And thank the Lord, bedded in the area we could see him, and Luke found him, which was an incredible spot. Um, he found him bedded and was able to make that follow-up shot, and that killed him quickly. Um, so, and, and it was just amazing. And then Luke's cousin came up, and they were hugging. Me and Luke were hugging. Um, the emotions were going wild because it was um, not wild, but the emotions were going deep, you know, like – because it was um, the fruition of like a lifelong of hunting blacktail for him and his first mature blacktail buck. And, you know, to get it on camera and then on this amazing week we just had together, um, it was so cool. So we were all really stoked. And um, Josh got there just in time. We were able to go down all together, take photos together, clean the animal, pack it out, and come back up. And then, you know, as, as these hunts go, the rest of the next – well, no, that's that's actually not true. That night we actually hunted again with Josh to try to get his tag filled, and the season closed with me filming Josh and Josh having a buck in his crosshairs with sh legal shooting light, but the buck would literally not stop chasing this doe, um, and he just couldn't get a, a shot. We tried yelling at him. We tried everything. He would not stop. He was going nuts rutting this doe. And so Josh made the, uh, you know, wise, ethical decision to not attempt a shot. Um, but it was cool that we at least were successful um, to a degree and that we, you know, saw a deer and got him in range and just weren't able to get that shot because it wouldn't stop running. Um, but anyway, filled two tags in a week, and it was just – an incredible hunt. Like I said, probably the best way I could possibly imagine to close the season out. And the re and the next day was, um, you know, packing up camp, taking care of meat, doing a bunch of logistical stuff um, to get stuff taken care of, and um, and going to the airport and headed home. So it was wild. Um, I've been home a few days now, just working and getting caught up with family time. Um, so. Thanks for sticking around and listening to the whole story. If you are still here, um, you know, God is so good. And um, I came out of this hunt with my biggest deer ever, some amazing stories, getting to share Luke's biggest buck ever with him. Um, just a great moment and a new friend in Josh. So um, I think I'll be back to Oregon. You know, we talked about maybe doing a fall bear next year or something. Um, but it's a great place to hunt. Um and so I want to thank again all my uh, sponsors, you know, um, Barnes Bullets, Onyx Hunt, Seekins Precision, and Loophold Optics. Um, and uh, hopefully 
Um, that list will be growing. It is growing. I already know it's growing. Um, but uh, looking forward to uh, announcing all that in the future. But in the meantime, guys, thanks for the support. Please share the show with friends and family. Leave me a rating or review on Apple and subscribe to my YouTube channel. All those things are very helpful to me. And uh, thank you again. See you guys on the next one.